Hello and welcome to Tempestus. I'm Brian Hart. I'm Karen McFarlane Holman. And here we go with another episode. Yes, indeed. I'm excited. I got some good ones. Oh, I have some really good ones. All right. I took a little peek. And you I did, did you? I have some good ones. I, I can't wait. You know what? It's funny. I try to not look at yours on purpose. Well, that's good. I can't help it because I have to copy and paste yours. Yes, yes. So you <laughs> to make our documents, to. but um, yeah. yes, I do. I, I love, sometimes I kind of glance or try not to, and then I'm like, but then I'll see one. Just yeah. Text, and I'm like, ooh. <laughs> so I can't wait. Can't wait to hear yours. Cool. Well, I'm excited. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah. I get to go first. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be talking about a kitchen gadget, and this is an air fryer. So an air fryer is essentially an amped up countertop convection oven. It doesn't actually fry your food. Now, this gadget has surged in popularity in the last few years, nearly 40% of U.S. homes have had one as of July 2020, and that's probably gone up even more with the pandemic and people cooking at home home more often. And even though they were popular and in theory healthier for you, I resisted one for a long time. Now that's because of they were kind of one use or unitaskers as um, you talked about in an Alton Brown video in episode 159. And um, so I wasn't super thrilled to get it, but Let's talk about what it is. So forced convection heats the surface of food almost twice as quickly as natural convection heating that happens in an oven. The air fryer setting moves the air more efficiently throughout the oven and the heat, it heats it faster than usual from all sides. So, and because the, they're usually compact in size too, they heat up faster, they preheat faster and they have more energy within them. So that's why these are so good. And that's probably why people started to call them air frying because it does surround the food and cook it from all sides. Kind of like when you dip something in hot oil and that oil cooks everything from um, all sides as well. But it's so it's a similar process, but a different medium. Um, now, why I changed my mind is because um, I didn't get an actual air fryer like you've probably seen a lot, but I got the Bravel Smart Oven Air Fryer Pro. So um, this thing is massive and I'm gonna try to put it on the desk now. Um, This thing is gigantic. So it is a gigantic uh, countertop oven, but it does like 13 different things. So it has 13 smart cooking functions. Toast, bagel, broil, bake, roast, warm, pizza proof, air fry, reheat, cookies, slow cook, and dehydrate. So it's not a one use, it's everything, but it also does air frying super, super well. Definitely check out an air fryer. Yeah, this thing is massive. You know what, I had only seen- It can cook a 14 pound turkey in this bad boy. Oh yeah. Like it is serious. Uh, Nine pieces of toast. Um, like a four quart, five quart Dutch oven, nine by 13 pans. So I did, I want, you know, the other kind are like these little compartments and it does one thing. It only air fries, yeah. which is, they're really cool, but I wanted something that if I'm going to get one, I'm going to spend more money. It's definitely more expensive, but it can do so much more. Totally. So, and totally. I love it. I use this now. I don't use my oven anymore. I use oh, this nice. even when I bake, when I roast, when I broil. All of that I do it in here because it Which heats up faster, it cooks faster, it uses less energy. Mm. It's just this on my counter. Like it's just yeah, so much better in every way. I so I was like, oh yeah. That's Once great. I finally got it. And I wanted this certain one. It wasn't um, being made for a while. Gosh, it's so massive. And then it's funny, Chef Steps for McCool Sheet. Mm-hmm came out with actually a new one. So that's why they were, they kind of stopped uh, production of this one for a while. So Chef Steps I talked about in episode 11, mm-hmm. they have this jewel 
version of an air fryer, this exact oven, uh -huh. but it connects to your smartphone um, and, and it gives you updates and you oh, can wow. use Alexa or Siri or whatever to cook and it tells mm. you the exact temperature and you can like multiple, uh, do like, oh, maybe air fry it first and then broil at the end or bake. And it does all these amazing things. Of course, it's even $150 more than the one I got. And this one's expensive, but yeah, yeah. it's very cool. I like to get things one, get it perfect, get the one I want and I'll never have to buy anything. Again. Yeah. I had only seen the type that are more vertical. Yeah. They're like the usual ones. Yeah. are kind of vertical and they just have that little drawer that they come out, you know, that kind of comes out of them, usually a lot of them. And yeah, that's really, like I said, it's really good for certain things, but you can't do toast and bagels and pizza. Mm -hmm. You know, it's got a pizza oven. You can throw a, a nine inch pizza in there, I think. Mm -hmm. um, and this is what the, um, the uh, air fryer tray looks like. So that's how that air gets oh, from all right. sides. Yep. Um, so that's how that air flows and really mm -hmm. kind of air fries everything. So it's super, super cool. And it's got a cooling rack. It's got, you know, instructions that I've never read. <laughs> um, a cooling rack, regular baking ovens, roasting pans, all kinds of crap. All right. So um, cool. Hey, fun fact, yes. a little science here. Yeah. Um, so molecules just in air, they're traveling at about 500 meters per second. Whoa. at normal temperatures. So yeah. imagine how fast, when you heat it up, they're moving faster. Yeah. So those are probably moving at like 800 meters per second, bombarding the food and like yeah. making their way in. Yeah, and that's why it gives it that crispy yeah. texture on the outside, but still nice and juicy on the inside and delicious. Yeah, I've just been floored with it. So cool. even, and I even cooked toast this morning just because it was so easy because you could. and it took five minutes and yeah. yeah, it was just like good. Yeah, exactly. Nice. So it's really, really neat. All uh, right. Well, and thank yeah, you. I wasn't going to get one. I was like, I can't do it. Mm -hmm. I can't get one more thing. And then now I love it. It's just like an instant pot. When I finally got it, oh, I was right. like, all right, it is pretty dang cool. Well, I, so I still have not gotten an instant <laughs> pot and I'm not going to get one of those in the near future, but who knows? Maybe yeah. in the future. I tell you, if you're even like in a dorm or something, you could get away oh, with just one of yeah. these in an instant pot and you mm -hmm. can make serious gourmet meals, like mm. just like eat better than any of your classmates for sure. Yeah. And not have apartment. a microwave. Yeah. Don't worry about a microwave. Yeah. Cause this reheats way better. Um, and it is, you know, the healthier part is debatable, I think, but certainly like deep frying stuff where oil soaks in, it is, you use some oil, you use some kind of fat mm -hmm. to transfer that heat, but not as much mm -hmm. for sure. And I'm not going to deep fry, fry, fries in this or it's worth it right there. Oh. Just getting fries that are still crispy nice. or uh, air fried Brussels sprouts oh. or like the ones that you get at Taproot here yeah. in town. Oh my God. So good. Awesome. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Well, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> I learned so much about air fryer yeah. that I didn't know. So cool. I am talking about a web-based app and this is called the true size and it has to do with our world and about maps and about our perceptions. All right, so our world is a sphere and it really translates awkwardly when we're trying to make it into a two-dimensional flat piece of paper. So imagine you take an orange, you cut the orange in half and you squeeze the juice out of it and you have this half orange. And then if you wanted to make that flat, you squish it down and what does it do? It like breaks apart, okay? And that's essentially what we're trying to do. And so this term projection is used to morph any kind of globe into two dimensions. And the most popular of these that is used 
with the globe, with the map of our Earth, is the Mercator projection. Now, this was first introduced in 1569 by a Flemish cartographer, and it is still used today. So every map projection, whether it's that one or a different one, it introduces distortion. And each one of these different types of projections has their own set of problems. But one of the most common criticisms of the Mercator map is that it exaggerates the size of the countries that are close to the poles. So that includes the United States is fairly close, and of course Canada, Russia, Europe, especially the Northern European countries, so those get look really large, while it downplays the size of those that are near the equator. So Central America, India, the whole African continent, etc. Those look, comparatively speaking, tiny. So on the Mercator projection, Greenland it appears to be roughly the same size as Africa, but in reality, Africa is about 15 times larger than Greenland. So here's where the app comes in. The true size was created. It was actually inspired. The creators saw an episode of the West Wing. I haven't seen the episode, so I don't know why, but also there's an infographic by Kai Krause that's entitled the true size of Africa. And so what they have done with this app is that you can grab a country and then you extract it out and then you can lay it on top of another country. It is so fascinating to use. It's extremely easy. I highly recommend you go to this web-based app, The True Size. Oh, this is so cool. So I have heard about how those maps are distorted mm -hmm. and, and yeah, how big Africa, essentially they always compare it to Africa because yeah. it is so massive yeah. and it, it looks big on a globe, but not as big as it is, yes. especially compared to, like you said, all these other continents and countries and things like mm -hmm. that. Um, and it doesn't really surprise me that, of course, the United States, not only is it always centered in anything yes, that right. is from the U.S., which yeah. is also just kind of silly, uh, but also bigger. Yeah, of yeah. course. Of course it is. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, this map makes us look larger. Yeah. Okay. It's like, um, yeah, yeah, making up for something or I don't know what it is. Yeah. Where the joke is there, but yes. Mm -hmm. um, so I love this. I love that you can actually very quickly and then kind of set it right. And yep. then, yeah, it's it's hard because we are so used to what globes look like and we think that's what it looks like. So when you say, you know, this is what it mm -hmm. actually the size is, it's like that can't be right. Yeah. Like it seems so weird. I know. Um, but it and is it's, cool. And it's really fun. Like I took... Alaska, so Alaska is another thing. Like, it just looks huge. Now, yeah. Alaska is big, yes, but it makes it even bigger. So I took Alaska and I moved it around and I took India and moved it around. It's just, it's really, really uh, yeah. fun. That would be really fun. Yeah, absolutely. And cool to like show your kids, if mm -hmm. you have kids. Oh, or, for sure. Um, you know, a school, if you're a teacher, all those things. Oh, really, yeah. Really cool applications yep. for this. And that was part of their goal. They want teachers to use it more. Oh, cool. So, and ideally you have a globe. Like a globe, then you can really see in three dimensions. Yes. But you can't carry around a globe with you. Right. And all of that. So this is just a wonderful resource. Yeah, and kids might not have a globe at home, but yeah. they have their smartphone or whatever, yeah. so they can use that. Super cool. Well, thank yep, you so much exactly. for sharing that. You're welcome. And if you want to learn about that or the air fryer and everything else on our show, you can go to our show notes on our website at 10bestest.com slash air fry. That's 10bestest.com slash air fry, all lowercase, all one word. I'm going to be talking about an article, and this article is how I got my job becoming a TikTok star after being a line cook. 
and it's by Morgan Goldberg. And this is also a twofer because I want to talk about who they talk about in the article, this TikTok chef, Sad Poppy. Uh, in 2020, like many other restaurant workers, Brandon Skyer found himself out of work because of the pandemic. He had zero tech skills, but over a decade of restaurant experience, so he decided to upload a cooking video on TikTok. In one day, it got over 1 million views, and he never looked back. Uh, he became friends with other social media influencers and befriend who befriended him and gave him tips on production uh, equipment and just how to up his game. He even became, uh, one of them became his girlfriend, uh, still to this day, which is really cool. So he now has over 1.9 million followers on TikTok. TikTok, uh, several brand deals, and he's also on Instagram and YouTube as well. Um, so what he looks like, he's kind of thin. He's got these tattoos, like hand tattoos all over. So a lot of times it's just his hands in the video. But if uh, he has a really cool aesthetic, he's a very laid back personality with this calm, but also a very confident voice. You definitely know that he knows his way around the kitchen. Um, and he mixes this blend of cooking tips. And he also talks about more higher end food recipes because he was in a fancy restaurants in LA, um, but he presents them in a, a way that isn't intimidating, which is a very unique quality as well. And you know, there's a lot of you uh, TikTok recipes where they're just gross. It's all butter and cheese and so unhealthy. They might even look good, but oh my gosh, they make me cringe so much. Definitely you won't find that here. Um, and I just love it. Um, so also it's kind of an ASMR thing that I've noticed now. Um, I don't have that gene where it really gives that tingling sensation for me, but definitely the sound of chopping and sizzling and cooking is something that if you do have that and you like cooking, you'll definitely love these cooking channels, especially this one and this article, how I got my job becoming a TikTok star after being a line cook. I'm really fascinated as to why that video got 1,000 views so quickly. One million. Do you, one million, yeah. I mean. One million. Yeah. Um, do you know what I don't was even it remember what it was. It? I don't think that in the article, I don't think they said what it was. But it was just a very much like, oh, I'm going to test it. I think it was just like, do you want to see me cooking? You know, like, I don't know if he even cooked anything. He's just like, hey, I'm a chef of... 10 to 20 years, I have, you know, yeah. I have all this experience. Would you want to see me? Yeah. He must have cooked something. And it was early in TikTok days yeah. as well. Well, and the pandemic, a lot of people, TikTok, TikTok kind of blew up yeah. during the pandemic because people were using to escape that. Certainly, right. he's actually one of the first YouTube um, uh, chefs that I, or mm. TikTok chefs that I found and immediately oh, I cool. liked him. So oh, nice. I've actually seen his um, his videos and his subscriber base grow. And I have, I have been a fan of his forever. So it's been cool to see this story and see how now he does it full time. Yeah. And he talks wow. about all the intricacies, like, you know, everybody thinks when you're a social media person that you only work like an hour a day mm. and it's all fun and games. So he's like, he's like, it's, I work just as hard as when I worked at a restaurant. And mm -hmm. if anybody knows restaurant work, it is tough. Yeah. He worked two jobs, you know, 10 hours a day. And he's like, I get up. I just like I would write my prep. I do prep for a different instead of mm -hmm. sous chef cutting up ingredients. And, uh, you know, and he's like, I write, what am I going to post about today? How am I going to, you know, what do I have to edit today? What do I have to yeah. film today? What do yeah. I, you know, what am I going to do in the future for next week? And, you know, he's like, it's just as hard. People mm -hmm. is not super cushy, but he goes, but I do get to do what I love. I get to do it at my home. You know, I, 
I do, I can be myself. I can do the things that I want to do. You know, at a restaurant, you'd have to do the same menu over and over and over. So yeah, it's really cool. And it's just a cool story of how he, you know, pivot is the magic word for all of the pandemic, but how he did, how he changed this bad situation and became TikTok famous. It's yeah. Cool. Great. Yeah. Awesome. Even got a girlfriend out of it. Right. <laughs> and well, she also has a great cooking TikTok oh, channel nice. as well. So yeah. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you. You're welcome. My cool sheet is a book. And I have to say, I was really surprised that we haven't talked about it yet. I searched through our database and no, we have not. The name of this book is The Artist's Way. And this is by Julia Cameron. The subtitle of this book is A Spiritual Path to Higher Creativity. And then also given the name, The Artist's Way. And while I feel like somewhat of an artist, I just, I didn't think that book was for me for years. And for some reason I decided, you know what? I'm seeing it in too many places and too many people are saying this is such a great book. I decided to get the audiobook, and I recently finished it. And I also discovered by now having read or listened to the book that that subtitle to me isn't the best subtitle. It is a real action-oriented manual, I would call it, along with the other spiritual path and all of that. So Julia Cameron, the are the author of this. Uh, she has been an active artist for over 40 years. Her emphasis has been on screenwriting, directing, and also an author of several books. And she's extremely successful in all these various realms. And I gotta say, Martin Scorsese even, he has called this book a valuable tool to get in touch with your creativity, which could be beyond being an artist in the sense that a lot of us think of artists like painting or something like that. So with her background, it was originally written for artists. She helped many people that she knew remove blocks. And she then created in-person courses over 25 years ago. And she was then encouraged to write this book so that people could learn to do it on their own. And one of the famous takeaways that I've heard and perhaps you have as well is this idea of the morning pages. This is essentially journaling every morning to brain dump stuff out both the good to get juices flowing, but also to brain dump out the bad so that you can then focus on the good. She also has a ton of exercises. There are questions that you can ask yourself. There are a lot of questions and things to write about that have to do with goal setting and have to do with dreaming. The audiobook is great, but I do highly recommend that you get the hard copy if you wanna work through the eight week course, The Artist's Way. Yeah, I kind of am surprised we haven't talked about this either. Yeah. Like, it's so good. I've had this book for the longest time as well. Um, I've started it a couple times. So I was like, oh, this is like eight weeks, a big commitment of mm -hmm, like going right. through this journey. In fact, I have, uh, once I move all my equipment, air fry equipment again, clankety clank, <laughs> I even have the book as well and the workbook. I got a workbook that came with it, which is really cool. Um, as you can see, there's nothing filled out in this workbook because I haven't used it as well. But yeah, morning pages alone if that's mm -hmm. all you do yes. yeah that is like the secret weapon for so many directors and people in the film industry obviously martin scorsese but also john favreau i know like he attributes all of his success to morning pages wow. and you know he's one of the biggest 
directors, producers in the, in the game right now. You know, he started super humbly with Swingers and an independent film that he made with his buddies. It's kind of like a joke, but just like their life that he thought no one would watch. And now he's directing The Mandalorian and producing, mm-hmm. you know, biggest Marvel movies. Biggest, you know, and he's done a, a swath. He isn't just some people think, well, sold out and did Marvel stuff. No, he did The Chef and he did other independent films. So he's huge. All because of Morning Pages, he says, because so of that. So cool. And so many other people. And yeah, art, artists of all kind, which are authors, writers, painters. It's, it's so cool. And yeah, I've always wanted to get better at it. So hopefully, maybe this is the kick yes. in the butt I needed yes. to actually get Start doing it. On it. Yeah. I started doing Morning Pages yesterday. Okay. So if there you, you want to start for two, one. if you want to start doing it. Well, and I do take my kind of my... Um, philosophy for journaling as that. So mm. I have a daily prompt and that's finally how I've started. I think I'm almost on a 500 day journaling spree, oh, which if awesome. you know for me is saying so much yeah, because yeah. I struggle. I always wanted to journal. Um, now I've kind of used the caveat that Tim Ferriss uses that keep the bar super, super low. Mm-hmm. So even if it's just like one word that counts for journaling for that day, but it is, it's kind of my brain dump. Like mm-hmm. I just use it as that a lot. And it, I felt like that makes that journaling task a lot easier to approach when you're yeah. not having to feel like you need to define it in some certain way. Right. It's just brain dump. I yeah. love that term brain dump, like just whatever's in your head, get it out. For and then sure. you can kind of concentrate on the rest of the day and being efficient and, yeah. and more focused. It's really cool. Yeah. I think if you do it her way, she wants you to spend a half an hour every day. Yeah. To which do, can also be overwhelming for yeah, people if to you're, start with. Right. And so, which I think, you know, if you dedicate to, eight, okay, I'm going to do it for eight weeks. And then also the end of every week, she says, okay, think back to the week. How many days did you do the morning pages? So mm. she's not assuming you're going to do them every day. Yeah. She's like, okay, did you do them just once? Did you do five out of seven? You know, and then why did you skip if you did skip? And so you can kind of do an assessment without having to feel like, oh, if I didn't do it every day, I'm, you know, total I'm loser. loser. Yeah. yeah. So lazy, whatever um, these So it's really cool. It's really cool. The reflection, like the prompts and then also the reflections every week. Very cool. Really awesome. Well, so, cool. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah, you're welcome. And if you want to check out our show notes again, it's at 10bestest.com slash airfry. That'll get you to the artist way, the mm-hmm. airfryer, all the other things that we've been talking about today. I'm going to be talking about a website and this website is Eater. Now, I think it's pretty obvious that uh, even if you've only listened to this one episode, you can tell that I've talked about an air fryer, a TikTok chef, and now a food website. So, Yes, I love cooking and I love food. And Eater is one of the better food websites out there. Um, Surprisingly though, before today, I've only talked about one article before and that was in episode 127 called America on a Stick. Now that last one was also an article from Eater. Now, it's not just a recipe website, though. It's actually a lot more about food history and info about food and restaurants. And that's why I like it so much, because uh, there's so many good uh, recipe-focused websites, but not a ton on other parts of food. Uh, like America on a Stick was just how America's fascination with things on a stick, like corn dogs and uh, lollipops and whatever, everything else on a stick, and so many other things that I had no idea were on sticks. It was great. And so again, the last one I just talked about was a TikTok star. Um, So it has different sections on the website. It talks about cities. So these are specific local websites for the following cities, Austin, 
Boston, Chicago, Las Vegas, London, New York, New Orleans, Portland, Seattle, and actually a ton more. So when you click on that one, it'll go to like Eater Portland. And then it's all specific restaurants and food scene in that city. Super, super cool. There's a wine club where you can get wine delivery subscription service. Um, there's travel. So they say some eat while they travel and others travel to eat, which I love. I'm probably in both camps actually, but I do love. And it talks to the local people that are in that place where they eat, which is one of my favorite things. Not just the most trendy touristy spot, but where do the locals eat and where should I eat too? And then the fourth one on the list is at home, which is actually recipes. They also have a podcast, gastropod, they have a YouTube channel, and then they have a sub website called Punch, which is about alcohol and all of the things like that, definitely check out Eater. Gastropod. That's been that's a former cool, cool sheet. sheet. Okay. Mm -hmm. Did I, you talk about it or I did think, I? I can't remember. <laughs> I think it might have been me, but maybe not. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> but it is funny, yeah, because that's I had great. no idea that it was they were related. Yeah. You know, oh, because right. it kind of acts yeah. as its own entity. Almost, but yeah. yeah, it's it's another one of those things. Now it's probably going to pop up all the time. It's yeah. like, oh, that's for meter, that's for meter. Right. This cool article is for meter, but it is. It's so valuable and done so well. That it sounds like it. It sounds amazing. And you know what's funny about this is I I saw Eater. Like mm -hmm. so, I saw your notes and I saw Eater. Okay, Eater is the name of a punk band. Oh. And yeah. I was like, okay, I'm pretty sure it's not that, <laughs> but I'm just gonna wait and see what it is that he's talking about. It's Eater, and it wasn't the punk band. It was the website. It's the website. Well, That's and great. this is funny too because when I was looking to see if we've talked about it before, I did notice that a lot of things that you've talked about, well, first thing, theater comes into every single search engine oh, because right. you're putting, you know, find theater. eater and yeah. then theater comes up, which so I was like, okay, but have we actually, but you actually, when you talk about restaurants, you call it an eatery a lot of the time. And I never oh. use that term, an eatery. I always say a restaurant mm -hmm. or a local, I guess I just say restaurant. Uh -huh. So I just said it was one of those things. I was like, oh, that's really interesting yeah. that you say eatery a yeah. lot. So oh. it was cool. Anyway, yeah. Cool. Yeah. I love it. Thank you. I'm definitely going to check this out. Yeah, I think you'll like it because you're like me. You're, we're curious humans. Everybody yeah. that listens to this podcast. Yes. It's more, like I said, it's more than recipes. It's all mm -hmm. about like food history and maybe the history of that city and the restaurants and what how they've changed in different areas. Yeah. This is really cool. I love it. Yeah. yeah. Great. I am going to be talking about a TV show and this is called Our Flag Means Death. Yes, it's another Taika Waititi project, but it is much more than that. Okay, so this TV series, we're only one season in at the time of this recording, and uh, it's got 10 episodes. I watched them as quickly as I could, and if you do get into this, which I highly recommend, of course, there are a lot of actors you may recognize if you have watched other Taika Waititi projects. So Flight of the Concords, Hunt for the Wilder People, etc. So we have some top-notch actors, top-notch writers, top-notch directors. And Taika only directs one of them. He's also, um, he, he's, in the, he's in the mix, that's all I'm gonna say. Okay, this is a pirate show, but this takes you into realms that other pirate shows never go. I guess we're just kind of like a pirate ship, right? Okay, so going into those realms. And so just, I'll give you just a really brief uh, synopsis. This wealthy aristocrat, okay, so this is Reese Darby, one of the actors that's shown up in these other uh, endeavors, goes through a midlife crisis 
has a ship built and becomes a pirate. Okay, but he is not a typical pirate. His crew also is not so typical. And again, this is not your regular pirate story. And that's all I'm gonna say about it. But I do wanna say that this show delves into aspects of masculinity in such a way that you could either just sit around and think about it. You could have deep conversations with your friends about it. You could watch the show and ignore that aspect of it and just enjoy it for all the other parts of it. Or it could truly, I'm not even kidding here, it could be the subject of a university course on gender and masculinity for at least a few days. So there are also intellectual aspects to it. The character arcs are fascinating, sometimes unexpected, sometimes not, uh, but still fun. There's sweetness, there's foulness, there's tons of humor, there's also sadness. And I gotta say, they had better have a second season. Our flag means death. So this is awesome. First of all, this was on Recommendo this morning on their Sunday Rec 5 Recommended. So, oh, really? Yeah, so, um, and that's a form of cool sheet, but uh -huh. you're like, yeah, you gotta watch this show. Yeah. So again, highly recommended from so many places. This is one of these things that I started seeing on Taika's uh, Instagram, and I'm like, this can't, like, he does so much right now. I I'm know. like, this can't, like, what is this? It can't be another yeah. show. No one can do this many shows. I know. But somehow he can, and somehow they're always good. Yeah. Like, yeah. I have got to see this. Yes. Um, it reminds me a lot of kind of what we do in the shadows. So uh -huh. it's like such a different tale of the vampire life. Totally. So kind of the same thing is yeah. how I feel like it's going to be, which I love everything about that. Formical sheet. Everything's been a formical sheet that you've been talking about, Taika, all that. Have I mentioned I met Taika? I yes. always mention that, but I have to mention it whenever we talk about him because he's the greatest human on earth. He's funny. He doesn't take himself seriously. He's humble. He was nice to me and anybody I've ever seen him interact mm. with. So, yeah, I can't wait to support him in everything he does. Yeah. And especially this. It just looks great. Oh, it is it looks so, so good. Great. So, so I can't good. wait. I am watching this tonight. You're going to love it. I should it. be editing, but I will um, be watching gotta. one of these at least. Instead. Yes. Yes. So definitely check out our show notes at tempestus.com slash airfry. That'll get you a link to all the things we've been talking about. I'm going to be talking about an article, and this article is Why Are My Baby Carrots Always Wet? And this is by Dan Lewis. Um, baby bag carrots are pretty wild. They're these small, two bite-sized peeled carrots that come in a plastic bag, but sometimes they're slimy, and sometimes they're dry, and they have this strange, white, chalky-looking stuff. Uh, so both of those are kind of gross. It's kind of surprising that we eat them at all, but actually we eat tons of them. And we do this because they save time, they're quick and easy, they're an easy snack. It's it's actually, they're just big carrots um, that weren't selling well in bags, and so they decided to kind of hone them in with machinery and polish them up, de-skin them, and make them into these two bite-sized things um, so they could actually sell carrots because they were actually just like throwing them away, which is kind of wild. Um, now, carrots naturally uh, dry out faster than a lot of other vegetables. That's because their thin skin is the only thing that holds in the moisture. Well, when you peel that skin away, they're, they're going to dry up a lot quicker. So they take them, um, when they put them in the plastic bag, they put filtered water in there to give those babies a little bath, and that's why they come in water. Now, if you've noticed, though, that either sometimes that water leaks out and they get that chalky feel, or if you just leave them out and you dry them up because you don't like them slimy, <laughs> then they get dry 
I am talking, it looks really weird. But according to McGill University Office for Science and um, Society, the white stuff is just the, uh, isn't anything toxic or dangerous. It's just called carrot blush. It's the result of two separate factors, moisture loss and damage to the carrot cells. But um, it's not dangerous and it's actually good for you. You can eat it as is or you can um, resubmerge them in some cold water and hydrate them again and they're going to look good as new. And then also this article talks about a bonus fact that rabbits, the rabbits do love carrots just like Bugs Bunny always says. But it's actually not really good for them in, in large quantities. Um, this is more like candy or something that you would give a rabbit in a very, very limited quantities. They actually need to eat hay or grass and then greens are actually... You know, so maybe the tops of carrots are okay once in a while too, but definitely not carrots that often. So, so many good things in this article. Why are my baby carrots always wet? I did not know about why they got the, the white thing. I, I yeah. do submerge them in water to get it to go away. Uh, right, I just, because it just doesn't look, yeah. it just looks kind of unappealing. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those things, totally fine. I right. ate them before when I didn't have time to soak them or whatever, and yeah. I just needed to crunch on a couple. I am glad to know that it's not toxic or some powder residue or some kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, or that it means they're going bad yeah, or something. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they certainly are dehydrating, so that's not good for them. The, their life will shrink, their lifespan. That's why they keep them in water. Mm -hmm. But they're not bad for you, yeah. yeah. And, and even the slimy, you can wash it off, and it's totally fine. Okay, I was wondering about the slime. Yeah, I mean, certainly you want Gonna, you know, if it sits in that slime for too yeah. long, it's gonna it's gonna make them rot and that's, for yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. and not good. But if you just if they sit in there too long in the bag and they get a little slimy, you can certainly wash that off and give them a sniff test, give them a little taste test, and then serve them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No problem. Awesome, <laughs> awesome. This is one of those like little little things in life you yeah. don't think about. Yeah, you and it's kind like of always notice it, but you weren't really like yeah. Then some. I love the fact that someone took the time to get. Yeah. To like figure it all out yep. and talk about it. And the so fun cool. fact about the bunnies. Yeah, so, about the bunnies. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. You're welcome. I'm going to be talking about a podcast and a YouTube channel, and this is called All the Hacks. The host of this show is Chris Hutchins, and he goes into quite a few things. Of course, you think hack and you think, okay, life and money and travel and uh, mindset and all these kinds of things. But I gotta say for me personally, I recommend all of the episodes that have to do with travel hacks. I have gotten so inspired and I have learned a ton of what can be done and also what cannot be done, which is just as useful in terms of using miles and points and other tricks and hacks that allow you to travel cheaply. Okay, and so here's the thing. This includes travel to expensive places. And so not just, this isn't like, oh, how can you travel cheaply? Oh, you can backpack or you can stay in a hostel or something like that. Um, or talking about where the least expensive places to go or things like that. He goes through, if you want to go somewhere expensive, he goes through step-by-step step how you can do this. And so my favorite episode is this one where he goes in depth of how he and his wife went to Bora Bora. This is one of my dream places to go. And it, I haven't gone because it's so freaking expensive. So this is, he, he tallied it all up. What they did is they went out on a $20,000 trip that would normally cost that if you were to pay full price for all the various things, the plane ticket and where they stayed and everything like that. They did it all for $2,000, which is like reasonable and awesome. 
And so what he went through was things I, I had no idea about. Um, also, I don't know much at all about using points for staying at places. I just know about like miles for traveling, went through that and I learned a ton. So I highly recommend it if you're interested in anything like that. Now he has other episodes that are great talking about finances, investing and stuff like that. So it's, it's really good in that realm as well, but I like the travel stuff. All the hacks. Oh yes, this is such a good one. So I know all about this. I'm surprised oh. I haven't talked about it either. Oh. He was on Daria Rose's show oh, cool. not too long ago. Uh -huh. And that was the reason why I finally got a Miles credit card. Oh. So, and that's what he was actually known for in the very beginning was all travel all the time. Uh -huh. That was the only hack he had in his website. You can go right to it in the beginning. And the first thing it says is like, mm -hmm. click here for the best air miles right now. And that changes all the time. But I looked at the four cards he recommended and mm -hmm. I was like, oh, that one. And I finally got it. And I've got like 60 within the first uh, three months. I had 66, 70,000 travel points. So now I have like a $700, $800 awesome. free flight. Yes. So cool. Yeah. So right there, it's worth it. Yeah. Just that. Oh, for sure. Um, but yeah, I have, I haven't listened to, I've only listened to like a couple of his podcasts, mm -hmm. um, but all of that is really, really good. And I want to listen to more. They're like on my queue, but I'm so backed up because I'm yeah, yeah. listening to all the Game of Thrones books. So I had which are 36 <laughs> hours each and I have no podcast anymore, but it's always on my list. So yeah, he's so good. Definitely. I've heard of him. Super great. Awesome. Thank you so much cool. for sharing You're that. You're welcome. And you can look at all of our show notes on Tempest. 10bestest.com slash airfry. I'm going to be talking about a newsletter. And this newsletter is Now I Know by Dan Lewis. So this is the newsletter that I just got that last cool sheet from uh, about the baby carrots. And if you like our podcast and or our YouTube show, you will definitely love this newsletter. newsletter because he even says his motto is learn something new every day. That's totally like us. Um, and this day, this is a daily newsletter, Monday through Friday. Um, I love his bio. So Dan Lewis says, hi, I'm Dan. I'm a dad and a husband and a Mets fan. I have an email newsletter with more than 100,000 subscribers. Um, it's about trivia. Uh, P.B. Herman once tweeted about it. He, I can vibrate my eyes. I never eat bacon. I fed cookies to Cookie Monster and am now the proud owner of a fragment of the remainder of one of those cookies. And I'm a recovering lawyer. So as you can tell, he's got a really fun personality. All these quirky things that he's done. I love this newsletter so much because I'm a curious human, just like all of you that listen to this podcast. And I love learning new things. And this website allows me to do that and learn about things that I normally wouldn't search out on my own. So that's why I really love it. Like that baby carrot thing. I never would have thought about that, but it popped up one day, one morning, and I was like, now I really want to read this. And I learned so many cool facts that I just shared with you. Um, so the topics are super random, just like our show as well. Um, you can see a theme here of why I love this so much. Because um, you never know what you're going to get each day. There's so many different topics. He talks about um, why doctors wear green or blue scrubs, why you shouldn't hold in that sneeze, initial reaction to disaster relief. Um, why there's a derogatory, why uh, the junk drawer is a derogatory term, the first computer bug, uh, the phone booth in the middle of nowhere. There's so many cool things. And each one of those articles has links in them where you can dive deeper if you want to know. It's just so great. Definitely check out Now I Know by Dan Lewis. 
I'm going to love this too. Yeah, it's such oh, a good one. Oh, man. Um, so this is a newsletter where you, you just get emailed it. Yep. Is so it... you just enter in your okay. email and then you can get it. You get it one every morning pretty early. Um, and Or you can go to the website too. His website has all okay. the archives. So all... and go to gotcha. the past as well. He had a YouTube channel that is inactive for about a year because it just didn't really take off as much. Mm, I see. Um, or he kind of did the same thing in video form. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, not updated, but there is a lot of videos you can look in the past. Which is really cool, yeah, but yeah, yeah. It's such a it's such a cool. I mean, again, if you like this website, and I know since you do it with me, you yes. like these kinds of things yes. that just are so curious. And I, I do like the fact that it teaches me things that I'd never look up on my own. Yeah, exactly. I love that idea. Yeah, and the the randomness. You know, I know everyone says like, oh, niche down yeah. and all that, but... We hear it so much. The randomness is fun. That's what I love. Yeah. That's why I love our show is so random. Yeah. And that's why I love this newsletter. It's super random. Yeah. So, cool. Yeah. Well, thank you for teaching me about this, this newsletter because I yeah. never heard of it. So. Well, cool. Yeah. Awesome. My cool sheet has to do with science. And I'm going to be talking about biomass and biofuels. All right. Fossil fuels. We will run out. But our infrastructure is mostly made for burning carbon-based compounds. So we have natural gas, propane, gasoline, diesel, all these things that come from oil that are under the earth, we drill for, we bring it up, and that's everything we're gonna burn, and then there will be nothing left, right? So, of course, alternative energy sources have been investigated for years, like solar, like wind, like hydroelectric, etc. But renewable fuels can just simply replace fossil fuels. So solar is just a totally different way to get energy. If we want to keep the infrastructures with cars and things like that, we need carbon-based fuels to replace those fossil fuels. All right, we are already doing this, but I want to say it could be expanded enormously and explain a little bit about what are these biofuels and why are they renewable. All right, so this comes down to Something called cellulose can explain some of the biofuels that we can use. Cellulose is the most abundant carbon-based polymer on the planet, and we don't eat a lot of it. So this is like corn stalks. This is like the trunk of a tree, things like that. Cellulose is made up of strings of sugars. Ethanol, where does that come from? That is made from the fermentation of sugars, right? So if we ferment cellulose from corn stalks that we're not eating anyway, then we can make ethanol. And that is how a lot of ethanol is made. It is put in 10% of gasoline already to make it go further. But wouldn't it be great if instead our cars were converted so that they could burn all 100% ethanol that is renewable from growing corn that we're growing anyway. Biodiesel, that's another type of biofuel. Um, this is also made from plants, so it can be grown, so it's renewable, but now it's coming from the fats. So this needs to come from other parts of the plant like seeds. And so these fats can be turned into biodiesel, which is very similar to regular diesel, can be folded into diesel in the same kind of way that ethanol is put into gasoline. And we're talking about carbon neutral because the plants are absorbing carbon dioxide anyway. So then when we burn them, it's just re-released. We're not adding more carbon dioxide to the atmosphere. Biofuels. 
This is so cool. I'm glad that we're talking about this. You know, biofuels, especially ethanol, was mm -hmm. really popular maybe 10, 20 years ago, mm -hmm. almost now, 15 years ago. Yeah. And it kind of went by the wayside. And do you know, is that like a big oil thing where they kind of shut it down and Always. But I always heard that it was like, oh, wasn't that efficient? Or it was like, no, it's you great. had to produce so many crops of corn and the yield was really, really low. And I never quite knew. I'm like, oh, is this like when they tried to kill the electric car? Well, they did for a long time. Yes, yes. Finally, it's yes. making a comeback. Or if this is, there's some truth to it. No, so, so there's so much more weight. So it, even if they tried to make the argument that it's like, oh, the corn, you know, something with the corn. Well, it doesn't have to be just corn that you get it from. Mm -hmm. So let's say we have, um, I don't know. I mean, it can come from pretty much any kind of plant. Mm. So um, let's say we're doing hemp or any of the cannabis farms, you know, where they're just getting the bud. There's all of that hemp as well. There's any kind of, um, there's trees that grow really fast mm -hmm. that are already used like for pulp. And so it could come from that. Many, many sources. So yeah, we already put it in, um, like I said, 10%. You always see that 10% sure. ethanol when yeah. you're filling up your car. And there are cars that are over 50% ethanol that mm. they can burn it. So that already exists. And we could absolutely go to 10, 100%. There's probably a few like little um, prototype buses that are being used in little communities that do use 100% ethanol. Mm. But we could completely replace. There's no reason why not. Well, that's cool. Yeah. I hope that we get more and more yes. uh, doing things like this. Yeah, I remember also there was like, you know, every so often you'd hear about this kind of eccentric, you know, guy that converted his uh, car to take more of those biofuels. Uh -huh. and he would go to like restaurants and get grease. Like yes, the, that's the biodiesel. Yes. Yeah. And then, you know, and but it was just like, I don't know, again, like the way it was portrayed on the news and maybe he had longer hair and a scruffy beard. And so he like he got this connotation with it and the stereotype which is unfortunate it's yeah. like no this is something that should be totally not yes. seen as quirky and not at and, all you know weird yeah but should be more main spread yeah you know no and once ah, you cool. you learn and just look at the chemical structure of biodiesel yeah it looks really similar to regular diesel like there's you know if you're just looking at a molecular scale it's gonna burn the same way it's gonna burn it yeah so yeah. so it's it's all just rhetoric and and all that but yep. it's yep. totally doable biomass right. biodiesel ethanol, all those bio-renewable fuels. All the bios. Let's yes. do it. Yes. All right. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. You're welcome. Definitely check out all these uh, things, uh, information on our show notes at tembesses.com slash airfry. And we want to thank everyone for tuning in today. I'm Brian Hart. I'm Karen McFarlane-Holman. And yes, please share with a friend if you like this podcast so we can grow even more. And we'll see you next week. Yes, indeed. Bye. Stay curious.